What Shaken with Shaner presents Psycho Bob, Psycho Bob, Psycho Bob. Psycho Bob says, Meow. Welcome to another installment of Psycho Bob Says, brought to you by What's Shaking with Shaner. Psycho Bob the Cat is picking the topics, and yes, he's even writing these 10-minute installments in between our longer episodes. Psycho Bob is the co-host and producer of What's Shaking with Shaner, and in order to stop his never-ending caterwauling, yeah, we are literally giving him a voice in these installments. Sagobob wants to open up this episode again with another joke, and I'm not sure about his tastes and jokes, but here we go. Psychobob asks, what TV crime drama do most cats watch on a regular basis? Bob, I really don't know. What TV crime drama do most cats watch? Psychobob says, claw and order. Ugh, I, I got nothing. Thank you for joining us today. As Psycho Bob says, G.I. Joe issue number 21 rocks. I grew up exceptionally rural in northeastern Nebraska, and we were on a farm about 11 miles from the closest town. I was 12 years old when my younger brother and I convinced my dad to let us subscribe to two different comic books. This was in 1983, and Star Wars and G.I. Joe were pretty much dominating the pop culture scene at that time. Well, at least for me and my brother. So, we subscribe to these two comics from Marvel. As you can imagine, prior to the internet and no cable TV, my brother and I were so excited to receive comics in the mail. Having something addressed directly to us at a young age was a pretty freaking awesome concept. We would read each issue several times and then read the previous ones again after the new ones, and back and forth and back and forth. From 1983 to 1985, we received 24 issues of both G.I. Joe and Star Wars. One that really stood out above the rest of them, and I still think about to this day, was G.I. Joe issue number 21, Silent Interlude. Mostly because this issue was told entirely without words, narration, or sound effects. That's right, no word bubbles or thuds or booms. Crazy, I know, but holy crap-a-doodle, I still love this issue. Silent Interlude, issue 21 by G.I. Joe, was published in March 1984. The writer and penciler was Larry Hama. The anchor was Steve Lee Hola. And the colorist was George Rouses. The cover artist was, yes, Larry Hama. And this issue stars Snake Eyes, one of G.I. Joe's most iconic badasses, who is mute. So it kind of makes sense. This whole issue is silent. The Cobra assassin Storm Shadow kidnaps a member of G.I. Joe, the lovely Scarlet, and he takes her to the Balkans to Destro's castle. A C-130 flies over and Snake Eyes jumps out, descending toward the castle. Inside, Scarlet's been chained up in a small cell that's accessible only through a hole in the ceiling. In another room, Destro watches as a computer analyzes the C-130 and deduces that there is an exceptionally small probability of a successful airborne insertion. 
However, Snake Eyes lands on the roof of the castle, while inside, Scarlet produces a hairpin and proceeds to pick the locks on her chains. On the roof, Snake Eye overpowers a guard. Meanwhile, Storm Shadow goes to Scarlet's cell, opens the manhole, only to be attacked by Scarlet with her chains and pulled inside. She climbs out, throws the cover in place as Storm Shadow tries to follow her. I'm not going to give away the rest of it. However, it's mostly about Scarlet trying to escape while Snake Eyes is storming the castle to rescue her, and he encounters the Red Ninjas, Storm Shadow, and all of the other traps set up in Destro's castle. We do learn some things in this episode, and one of the more amazing things is that Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes have the same red tattoo. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah, which starts the whole run of a secret link between the two. Few issues later is a two part of Snake Eyes' secret origin. As a kid, this was really amazing for me because I was on the ground floor of this entire mystery. And again, this issue had no dialogue or no sounds. Almost 40 years later, and it still holds my attention. The G.I. Joe series was written for most of its 155 issue run by Larry Hama and was notable for its realistic, character-based storytelling style, unusual for a toy comic at that time. Hama wrote the series spontaneously, never knowing how a story would end until it was finished, but he worked closely with the artists, giving them sketches of the characters and major scenes. In a 1987 interview, Hama explained that the motivation for Silent Interlude was that he wanted to see if he could do a story that was a real, complete story, beginning, middle, end, conflict, characterization, action, solid resolution, without balloons or captions or sound effects. At first, the issue was controversial. Some readers felt cheated that it had no words and could be read so quickly, but it eventually became one of the series' most enduring and influential issues. And I have to agree with that. As a kid, when I first read this, I went through it pretty quick and I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't right. There's no word. No, this is horrible. But my brother, who was three years younger and he was nine, he loved it because there was no word. So him and I would sit down and go through it. It really unfolded to me on, wow, this shit is awesome. Issue 21 has been recognized as a modern comic classic and has become a prime example of comics' visual storytelling power. Comic book artist and theorist Scott McCloud describes Silent Interlude as a kind of watershed moment for cartoonists of our generation. Everyone remembers it. This issue would eventually be ranked number 44 in Wizard Magazine's listing of the 100 best single issues since you were born and listed as number 6 on io9's 10 issues of ongoing comics that prove single issues can be great. The comic series G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, was published by Marvel Comics from 1982 to 1994, based on Hasbro's G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero line of military-themed toys. The series has been credited for making G.I. Joe into a pop culture phenomenon. G.I. Joe was the first comic book 
to be advertised on TV. That's right, the first one to be advertised on television. And what has been called a historically crucial moment in media convergence. As Hama puts it, it was a toy book, very uncool to the fanboys at the time. It never got reviewed in the fan press and was totally ignored. The kids who bought G.I. Joe were a totally new crowd who were coming into the comic shops for the first time because they had the toys and saw the commercials. Many of them started to buy other comics while they were there. According to comic book historian John Jackson Miller, Hasbro's promotion of the comic resulted in dramatic sales increases from roughly 150,000 copies a month in 1983 to almost 350,000 copies a month in 1985, making it one of Marvel's strongest titles. Hey, Nerd Herd, thank you for spending some of your precious time with Bob and I as we talk about G.I. Joe, issue number 21, Silent Interlude, its impact, its reverence to this day, and that G.I. Joe was a strong series from Marvel, although not many people took it seriously, and I'm probably guessing not many of you out there have ever seen this issue. This was not the first comic to have an issue without dialogue or word bubbles. I believe that belongs to the Spirit comic book. But as we noted, it is still revered and honored to this day. If you have read this issue, please let us know your thoughts by sending us an email to shaner at shakenshaner.com. Remember, there's no G in Shaken. Or send us a direct message on Twitter at shakenshaner. Again, no G in Shaken. Our next episode of What's Shaken with Shaner will be a new subject within accordance to Shaken Shaner's tantalizing turn of topics. It'll be out in two weeks. Keep your ear holes open. In the meantime, to keep up to date with us, check out our website, shakenshaner.com. Again, no G in Shaken. Until then, Psycho Bob says, sometimes you just need to hit pause and live in the meowment. And Shaken Shaner says, May you find the time for your favorite geeky hobbies and nerdy interests. Thanks, everyone.